Welcome to the Vocational Education Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Dan. Hi, and welcome to the Vocational Education Podcast. Firstly, a big shout out to all those people who appeared on the podcast last year, uh, both from the VELG conference and also throughout the year. Now, what a year this has been. Of course, we're approaching the end now. And I'm so glad to be getting back onto the podcast. We've had a hiatus now for several months while we've been working on a business, making sure everything uh, works in the virtual world. I'm sure a lot of you have been doing the same. We've also been discovering new technology, new systems. Uh, There's a lot to talk about there to find out how businesses have coped, um, how educators have coped, what it's been like spending more time at home, if you have been. So I'm really excited to be able to release over the next few weeks at least uh, several more interviews with some amazing people from across the sector. Everything from um, providing real estate to vocational educators through to assessing in the cloud space, providing virtual training and and much, much more. So you'll see these uh, released uh, each week over the coming weeks and I really look forward to your feedback and also what you've gained potentially from listening to people who've been through this hard time with everyone. Now, we don't know what 2021 is going to look like. We really have no idea. So everyone's fingers are crossed to make sure the industry bounces back and we have people uh, attending courses again, uh, getting trained up in those necessary skills everyone needs to replenish the workforce that has been devastated over the last few months. So without any further ado, I'll welcome my next guest. I hope to get your feedback soon and join me on those future podcasts. Thanks, everyone. Well, thanks for joining us here on the Vocational Education Podcast, Vicky, and uh, you're our first guest for the year. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! I was just <laughs> reflecting on the fact that we have not had a, uh, uh, a podcast this year. Um, we did release some things in January, February, but that was from uh, recorded from the previous year. So it's been um, interesting. Everything's been on hiatus. So firstly, I uh, thank you for coming along. And um, uh, I think we talked uh, about Space Finder last year as well. If, if we didn't talk about it, I did uh, meet up with you at some point, I think at the Velg Conference, because it's very familiar. It would have been, yes. <laughs> it would have been, yeah. Um, and of course, I had a look on your website and, uh, and love what you guys do. One of the hardest things where we're finding at the moment is finding space. Yeah. Finding space. A lot of people are now getting back into wanting face-to-face delivery for training. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm going to start with how are you doing it? <laughs> how we do what we do, right? How do you do what you do right now? Um, well, how we do it is um, it's it's a win-win arrangement. So we specialise in space sharing of 9B compliant educational space. Uh, so our venue hosts are... Um, established RTOs in CBD locations. They've often got, you know, say two floors, 16 training rooms, um, and they've got underutilized space. So it's space they're paying for that's just not at capacity. Um, So they register that space with us um, as a confidential service. um, And then we have clients who engage us um, who are needing space. So our clients are anything from ASQA startup application people through to established 
companies needing their second or third campuses. So we're very much a um, like an Airbnb, but probably more of a long term matchmaking service. <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> so uh, look, I, I think that's such a, a wise business move. How, how long have you guys been around? Uh, we've been doing this for 10 years now 10 years, um, okay. in the space sharing sector. We're really passionate about space sharing. Um, mm. My husband, this is my husband and my business. Um, and we've, we've been in business for a couple of decades together and I've experienced the highs and the lows of business. Um, mm. And it's really what led us into this space where, you know, any business mistakes we've made had often been committing to expensive commercial leases um, before we were ready. Um, mm. And, you know, we're really sort of passionate about having a viable business solution. So, yeah, we've been doing this for yeah, a decade now. I've been in that position a few times myself, and we've uh, been lucky enough to have agreements with other organisations who've allowed us to use space um, yeah. over the last few years. And it's, it's been a nice way to go ahead. We uh, came, this this is amazing, but we came this close to signing a new lease on a building in, in South Queensland, Southeast Queensland, yeah. um, three weeks before Corona hit. Oh, you're not alone there. We're, we're hearing many stories, many, many stories. Yeah, hindsight's wonderful, but uh, look, that saved us $80,000 a year that we didn't need to spend. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and now, um, well, yeah, now we've sort of transitioned over to virtual with, I think, around 500-odd students just doing their virtual thing at the moment. But yeah. tell me about um, how, the, how your business has kind of coped and what, what's happened over the last, uh, um, let's go, nine months and, yeah. and what you've seen change. Yeah, it's been a really interesting time, actually, Dan. Um, we've... I mean, obviously, you know, no one saw COVID coming um, and that was pretty catastrophic, um, you know, for our booking clients and for the host venues. Um, you know, look, we spent three months in the bunkers with everyone just trying to negotiate win-win arrangements for everyone so that everyone could come out the other side. So our focus through this whole thing was let's just have all the businesses survive and come out the other side. Um, so, I mean, and really that's the benefit of what we do is obviously our host venues are, are locked into five, 10 year lease commitments, whereas our booking clients um, are on a three month termination. Um, right. So, you know, what, what we've done is just a lot of negotiating for people. Um, and what we're finding now, uh, believe it or not, Dan, we're, we are really busy. So what's kind of happened now is this shift over to, um, you know, venues seeing what a viable solution having their surface space hired out um, and a lot of people now choosing this time to um, submit their ASQA application and really gear themselves up ready for the for when the international students do come back into Australia. Yeah well international students is a whole massive market that's um, mm. taken the, probably the biggest hit yeah. um, but definitely local as well I've, I've seen. Now can I ask you uh, you're around Australia yes so yeah. every capital city? Absolutely yeah. Australia-wide yeah. Yeah, which um, which cities have been hit the hardest? Obviously, Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne but, yeah. no, but which cities have been hit the hardest, and and how have you coped with that? Yeah, look, um, look. Initially, everyone paused, so that's what we negotiated across the board. Um, mm. Sydney's back up and running. Like we're we're back we're back online in in Sydney. We're finding a lot more now demand for regional areas. Um, so a lot of organisations are kind of making that shift over to there particularly in the international field, maybe they feel that that's less vulnerable going forwards. Um, yeah. But yeah, Mel Melbourne's taken the brunt of it. We've um, we've just got everyone on hold and we're just waiting for that to open up, which fingers crossed won't be too far away. So, so when um, uh, clients cancel or, or when they 
maybe at the start they started to get it uh, cold feet and said look I don't know if we can have this training room now and it might be two months down the track or a month down the yeah. track how did you um, deal with them I know you said negotiating a lot of negotiating was there a um, an angle that you took in that case um Look, it, it was really hard. It was really tough um, because, look, all of our agreements have got a three-month termination on it. Um, so the intent, a lot of people cancelled, so they gave their three-month termination. Um, a lot of others held. Um, so we kind of put them in a bit of a holding pattern and now they're back up and training. So it really was on a case-by-case basis. Um, really a lot of that was the spread of whether they're international or domestic. Um, we've got a lot mm. of domestic operators that are back training, business as usual, no difference there whatsoever. So case by case basis where bookings exited, we've actually put other people back in that space. So like mm. I said, we're, we're relatively surprised that we're, we're very busy right now um, mm. because I think there's a lot of optimism back in the market. It's tentative optimism, but there's a lot of optimism. When you say optimism, what, what, have people been saying what, what sort of uh, why are they optimistic do you think um i think for startups i think a lot of startups are thinking now's the time um obviously because of the amount of time it takes to get through ASQA, etc so in in that startup market i think there's a lot of optimism in that um i think a lot of people are shifting over with domestic, maybe changing courses on scope. Um, and I think other people are just, uh, like you say, going online, but maybe thinking about um, different delivery methods. Um, so we're, we're getting a lot busy, busier, much like what you've just said. Uh, people are not taking the lease, but they're saying, okay, great. Well, if we run these classes in these locations, that'll work out better. So for us doing space sharing, yeah, we're, we're much busier. Yeah, we had a, uh, an instance at the beginning of the year, obviously we, uh, had to respond quickly, but we did have yeah. several bookings in place. And yeah. um, when we had a space in public venues, so local council buildings and things like that, they yeah. were very, very easy to deal with. They simply yeah. just cancelled, refunded. It was fine. Um, I think they understood uh, that you, know, you can't go ahead with something that's yes. just going to be empty anyway. So they got that. Uh, but some of the private venues and uh, that we used, um, it, it took a bit of negotiation yeah, to get yeah. our money back Absolutely, <laughs> it was yeah. it was it took a bit of time and I appreciate that look I appreciate that because you're in that position that yeah. you've you've kind of got your own cash flow to worry about um yeah. so I can imagine yeah hence the negotiation the pushback is a good idea I think that's a, a great way to look at it uh, and most training organizations I might be getting this wrong but most training organizations can defer students and, and let students know that you know we've had to push this back and and everyone's been quite understanding yeah. have you found that over this yeah. time oh absolutely I mean I think it's really interesting I would say yeah 97 percent of everyone we were dealing with were extremely reasonable and I mean and that's, that's our right. role is that that win-win so we're, we're very clear that we sit between the venue and, and the booking client so, um, you know, we're Switzerland. So our role is really to see what the venue can do and what the client can do and what the win-win is and, and sort of massage that. And honestly, like for the, for the main part, we were pretty blown away with how reasonable everyone has been. Um, and I mean, the venues have been so reasonable because they obviously know as well, if, if we have done an early exit with a client, we've got someone else for them. So, you know, we're, we've been able to fill any holes that we had. Um, but yes, it, it was um, it was concerning for a, for a while. Mm. So now that you are back into a more busy time and, and the optimism starting to show through, um, what are your plans for 2021? What what do you see as um, a way forward for Spacefinder? 
Right. Well, um, I don't have many travel plans in 2021. No. <laughs> no. Um, I'm turning 50 next year and I've got to cancel everything. So there's no big party to have. It's terrible. Oh, it is. Yes, it's very difficult. It's. Um, I was supposed to be going home to England for Christmas, but that, that won't be happening. <laughs> no. Um, look, we are... Um, we're anticipating being very busy, actually. We're actually gearing up. Um, we've probably got more venues than we've ever had before. Um, we've, we've got the best quality venues, actually, than we've ever had before. Um, so we're, we're just, you know, we're seeing the demand increase, um, you know, week by week. Um, we're actually anticipating a really big year. Okay, well, that's great. And is there more of a push now for uh, venues that have um, high speed internet and, and that sort of and video conferencing capabilities and things like that? Are you finding that's a thing? Not really, no, not, not really in what we do. Um, and we also don't get too involved in the technical elements. So we're about turnkey um, classrooms for a 12 month um, arrangement. Um, they come fully furnished, but if people have got specific requirements, they often supply that themselves. Um, okay. But no, a little bit more consideration in the breakout areas, the, the movement of students. Um, mm. But no, not not as much in that because I, th I think a lot of those organisations have already got that sorted. They're using us for the face-to-face -face training, which they still have a need. Yeah, so you mentioned breakout rooms. So that's actually something we uh, utilise a lot. Uh, so how do your venues, I know they're not yours, but how do the venues yeah. um, manage that? I mean, obviously they all have to have COVID plans. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it's on how, a, yeah. Yeah, well, we uh, look as the um, as as the in between between this, we're asking the venues what they're doing. They're providing us with their their plans, so it's it's on a venue by venue basis. But a lot of it's down to scheduling, which was something that they did anyway, um, and mm -hmm. something that we sort of have a keen eye on in terms of space sharing because you've got different RTOs in a, in the same sort of space. So a lot of it's um, scheduling, but like I say, on a on a venue by venue basis, they've got different plans in place. So talk us through, um, as a customer, when the customer calls you or, or uh, contacts you through your website, yep. what's the process or what, what sort of questions do you ask and what sort of uh, things might they put into the website to, to find the ideal spot for them? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, well, look, initially we really want to speak to them because every training organisation is very bespoke. So what we do, look, we're, when I say we're like Airbnb, look, we're not like Airbnb because you could just book, you know, any any room in Melbourne CBD for the weekend kind of thing. You know, as long as it's got a bed, you're good. Um, with us, look, you know, our clients have got very specific requirements in terms of their capacity, in terms of their course on scope, in terms of their scheduling. Um, so what we really do is we get one of our team to sort of have a venue consultation with them and find out exactly what their needs are. Um, and then once we're really clear of what they've got, we can kind of give them indications of, um, you know, availability levels, suggested budgets, that kind of things, depending on their on their um, on their scope. Um, and then how we work is a little bit more of a membership service, as in they sign an agreement with us for then us to present them our venues, because like I said, it's a confidential service. So um, once we've got a, a client, we do a bespoke venue tender. So then we go to our venues to match those requirements, to match their numbers of classrooms, scheduling capacities, course on scope with the venues that we've got in that location. We speak to them, we, you know, we sort of make sure there's a good fit and then we actually do the presentation to the client of the venues that meet their requirements. So it's not a one size fits all. We very much work for the client on their requirements. Um, then we arrange viewings, et cetera. Um, and then once they've made their selection, put all the booking agreements, all the full documentation in place. Um, 
And then we become Switzerland with the booking. So at the beginning, we're very much working for the client to match their requirements. Um, but as soon as they've made a selection, we're then sitting in between the, the parties to manage that booking. Okay. So when um, I just mentioned that, uh, obviously, they're going to be very bespoke and yep. the needs are going to be interesting. And then everything down to parking, I'm guessing, access, that sort of thing. Do you require a uh, like someone to um, inspect the room or can they do that virtually or do you just describe it to them? Or, or is that ideal for you is to get somebody actually face to face in there to, to look at the room and say, yes, this is what I want. You mentioned viewings before. Um, do you think you'd be surprised? A lot of people make that decision without because we're given them the location. So look, most of our clients are saying I have to be Sydney CBD with walking distance from a train station. My budget okay. is this. These are the courses that I'm doing. I don't want to be in a training organisation that offers those same courses. Um, obviously, has to be 9B compliant with, you know, and then, so they've got their requirements. So really, it's a business decision. Like we offer a business service. So those customers are looking at it from a financial viability, locational perspective. So yes, they do do viewings, but it's not 100% necessary. And it, it, like at the moment, it's making no difference if they can't do viewings because they can still make decisions based on the information we provide. Yeah, it sounds like it. So um, you spoke about uh, it being a financial decision, and I can imagine there's yeah. exactly that in a lot of cases, financial decision and location and, and um, access, et cetera. So yeah. how do you price your um, your service at the moment? Um, how did you work out that model? Is, was it actually, I'll just let you say, yeah, yeah, how, how did you yeah, price it? Good yeah. question. Um, we don't, uh, it's the venues. Okay. So the, the venues price their rooms, it's up to them. Um, so it's their... It's their organisation. They've got their overheads. They've got their surplus space. Um, we ask them what they would like in terms of, re of remuneration. Uh, you know, we can offer a bit of coaching on that, as in if they don't know, we can say, look, others are in this kind of range. Wow. Um, but when we do a venue review for a client, um, we'll often go back to the venue and say, look, we've got a client. It matches perfectly. However, you mentioned this rate, look, their budget is this at the top. Is Would you like your venue included in this review to the client? Um, so like I said, there is negotiation um, to, to make it a win-win for the client and the venue. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask because I did see a lot of um, training organisations, especially around the May to end of June yeah. period, offering staggering discounts. Yeah. To, yeah. to attend their courses and their qualifications, et cetera. And I thought that was interesting, uh, considering the education industry, whilst the stats at the beginning of the COVID crisis were um, devastating, people yeah. weren't spending on education at all, it shot up pretty quickly. And most of the education providers, um, depending on, I guess, depending on what they were offering, I mean, a lot of the trades providers were really hit bad because obviously they needed to um, be face-to-face, -face, but a lot of others um, continued almost business as usual. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's why I thought I'd be interested to, to find out how you um, marketed that, how you actually got to the point of pricing, your pricing model and how it exists. So do you work on a commission style or a percentage above? How does that all work? Yeah, we're, we're a commission model. Yeah, commission so, okay. yeah, absolutely. But like in terms of what you were just discussing, look, yeah, like we were able to get, uh, the buying power was slightly greater during that mm. period. So, mm. um, you know, there, there was sort of rent-free periods or whatever. Again, it's on a case-by-case basis um but yeah i would definitely say there are there are better deals around at the moment but they're, they're getting snapped up pretty quick oh great okay good so you've been obviously talking to a lot of rtos a lot of training providers uh what are they saying about how they're dealing with their business at the moment um 
ah, a mixture. Look, some are some are in hibernation. Um, mm. Some are just waiting for restrictions to be lifted. Some are yeah, desperate for, for the students to come back in. Um, mm. But we we're probably dealing with a more optimistic segment of the market, as in people going, okay, now's the time to go for a second campus or expand our courses on scope or put in mm. our CRICOS application you know so we're actually we're seeing maybe the the forethinkers like the people that are kind of going you know well let's let's look ahead so i think i think while there's a lot of people going to be panicking and looking at what's right in front of their face i think we're actually dealing with a lot of people that are looking over the horizon saying there's a lot of opportunity there what are we going to do to position ourselves for that success so we're getting a lot of that Okay. I, I like what you said that uh, you started 10 years ago, but you've been in business with your husband for over 20 years. Yeah. What made you get into this? What, <laughs> what was the uh, what was the key that sort of said, oh, we'll try this? <laughs> um, well, as with everything, it's not, yeah, it's not your first idea, is it? Um, no, we've, look, we've done, we've done lots of different types of businesses. Um, we did a lot of property development. We've done, um, a lot of real estate, that sort of stuff. Um, my background's actually in, um, I, I'm very passionate about human social geography. And I used to, in England, was a town planning enforcement officer and environmental health officer. So I had quite a compliance background. Um, but yeah, we, we just did lots of different things together. Um, and we actually, yeah, we sort of launched a business that was slightly different than this one, um, which was bookable meeting rooms nationwide. So we launched that um, in 2010 um, because we we're just so frustrated with coffee shop meetings and not being able to do business professionally wherever we were. Um, so we launched that back then. I think we're a little bit early for, um, for our time. Um, but what, what we really learned doing that was people wanted training space. So that wasn't what we set out to do. Um, but when customers are asking over and over again for, you know, full-time bookings, needing training space, we, we just ended up listening to the market and saying, okay, everyone wants training space. So, so let's do that. One question I have about the training spaces themselves is, do you hire out or do the uh, providers hire out um, evening times and weekend times and things like that? Because I know that's a completely underutilised uh, segment of the real estate market, yeah. especially in training. Yeah, absolutely. Again, on a venue by venue basis, a lot of the CBD ones have the aircon shuts down. So that really dictates <laughs> when they can and when they can't, because um, there's mm -hmm. large fees in getting it put back on in the evenings. Right. Um, others of them are from, um, yeah, it can be 6am till 6pm and weekends. So again, it's on a venue by venue basis, we find out their full schedule of availability. Um, and then with our clients, uh, we offer them shifts that maybe sometimes aren't the conventional shifts. So if, if they're flexible with the shifts, well, they, okay, we've got this great venue. And yeah, you're right. Their classrooms are empty from three o'clock onwards. So your schedule will work perfectly there. So have you, uh, part of your expansion plans next year or, or coping plans, if it's going to be very busy, mm. uh, does that extend to regional Australia as well? Yeah, absolutely. Because we're client-led, so the clients tell us where they want the space. So like I said, at the moment, we're, we're finding a lot more regional requests, which means that then we start doing active tenders in those places and increase our number of host venues in those locations. So yeah, we, we go where our clients need us to go. And how about international expansion plans? Oh, steady on. <laughs> hey, come on. This is the year. This is the year. <laughs> One market at a time. <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand's begging us to go back. <laughs> you never know. That can be an easy one. We will see. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Well, look, I'm going to be waiting with bated breath because uh, I do know as far as um, 
those training organizations who are, who are growing at the moment mm. and making use of virtual, there is a moment where we're going to have to step back in the classroom and yeah. we're getting clients now asking us, especially some of the larger ones, um, the, the, the national clients and maybe international clients are saying, you know, we really want face-to-face -face, and I get that yeah. depending on what you're training, yeah. that, that's a big thing. Um, and I'm hoping that uh, gaining those sorts of clientele um, I think sometime in the near future for those organisations who have been able to sustain business this time, mm. um, maybe the international market is something to look back at because what we're finding is that um, uh, whilst they can't travel to us, our, our qualifications, believe it or not, are still valued overseas. I was yeah. literally just talking to somebody this morning from uh, Zimbabwe, of all places, and he's saying, you know, to go back to Zimbabwe and open a, an education centre there, um, he would love to get qualified in Australia to do that. Um, yeah. whether it's business, whether it's training assessment, whatever. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's uh, not, not too far off distant future. I, I don't know. I think it might be something that um, I know us as a training organisation are looking at. I know um, uh, some of our competitors are. Um, yeah, okay. Tape's a bit different. Tape's yeah. got their own buildings they've got to worry about. But, um, yeah, definitely in the private sector, there's a lot of organisations looking at seeing how we can then deliver internationally. Yeah, because that. we it, it's something as a regulated training industry we don't have to apply for cricos we don't have to yes. set up um you know spaces for these uh, people to yeah. these students to live and things like that so it's a a, a cost less um absolutely process. yeah oh i couldn't agree more i did um i did tony robbins unleash the power within virtually oh, a couple of weeks still ago. excited oh yay <laughs> for twelve thousand people on the virtual they're gonna say twelve thousand dollars <laughs> no 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 for twelve thousand people on the virtual platform i mean it just blew me away that you can have that many people online at one time deliver training 12 hour days for 12 hour days mm. and yet be completely engaged it was phenomenal experience what, do you know what platform they used to, to do that? Zoom. Was it WebEx or something? Oh, it was Zoom, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zoom. Yeah, Jeez, that, that's a company I wish I had shares in last yes, year. Yes, I agree. Yeah, there's a boom industry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and yet as a late entrant to the uh, to the virtual world, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just taken it over. Everyone, it's, it's now become the verb. Absolutely. Zoom yeah. Um, it, however, there are still a lot of other players out there, but yeah, just, just seem to miss it, miss it a little bit. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about the future, but and we can't forecast what on earth is going to happen next year. As I said, I can't even make any plans for my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> but um, other than just coping with, uh, and we're going to forget the expansion internationally, but other than just coping with that, what are some of the things you're going to do um, from a an employment point of view next year? What are some things you're thinking about? Are you looking at just expanding your team or are you looking at actually um, looking at different roles within your team or new yeah. roles? Well, I mean, look, I, you know, my, my role in our business is I'm very much the business of the business. Um, so, you know, my role is once we get to certain points, I've, we've got trigger points of, um, yeah, of, of having more team members. Um, you know, we're also sort of looking at, you know, we also have a look at what our clients needs are and what the stock levels are. So if we need to provide, um, you know, some training space campuses or whatever, like we're, we're just keeping an eye on it. So my, my role is to just keep an eye on that. Um, but yeah, we, without a doubt, we'll need more dedicated venue agents and um, yeah, be able to help people as much as we can. 
Great. And how do your team work at the moment? Are they mainly um, remote or are they working from an office? How, how, how have you coped personally with the, the business uh, and your employees? Oh, well, we were all home for a while and that, was, that wasn't the utopia any, any of us thought it was. Um, yeah, I was pretty delighted to get my three sons back to school, I can assure you. Oh. Um, but yeah, we, we all did it remotely for a while, but it's we are loving being back at the office. I mean, it just makes such a difference just in terms of yeah the synergy, just having things move forward quicker. So yeah, we're, we're probably... Um, um, 75% in the office, 25 from home. So I think I can, I could put, I would assume that, that would happen across a lot of organisations. I think home working's become a lot more acceptable and a lot easier. Um, but yeah, we can't miss that face-to-face -face interaction. It's, um, it's lovely being back. Yeah, one of the things I've definitely uh, noted, like uh, all our team are dispersed and they all work from home, generally speaking, or they're travelling to, to venues and things like that. But yeah. um, we only, uh, we, we had irregular meetings, but we've now, uh, decided to have a, a regular meeting just for that connection. Yeah. You know, just for that, you know, what, in, in person? feeling. Uh, no, no, still not in person. We are pretty scattered. Yeah. Um, we have yeah. people in Victoria and New South Wales, Sunshine Coast, Gold Coast, Brisbane. Um, and uh, yeah, getting everybody together is a bit like rounding up cats. So we yes. don't, tend not to do that. But yeah, yeah. Um, where we can, we will. For instance, next Monday, uh, three or four of us getting together face to face, which is nice. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I can't see us getting back into an office anytime soon. Mm. Anytime soon. No, no, uh, no. And by that, I mean maybe mid next year, late next year. Yeah. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, Australia's doing incredibly well, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> so, we are. you know, we, yeah. even Victoria. So, you know, yeah. we really are. Can, I just turned the news off looking yeah, at Yeah, um, we've stopped. We've stopped oh. with the news. Yeah, the no news is good news. Yeah, no, we're yeah. we're focusing on the yeah, on what we can control and who we can help. And yeah, I we we've stopped with yeah, Facebook and everything. We're we're done. Yes. <laughs> That's nice to hear. Like we do Facebook market, um, but it was really nice to actually jump off and um and uh, delete the app. Yes. <laughs> for my phone yeah. that's what we've done yeah we watched the social dilemma and as a family went okay yes. we're done yeah I, exactly the same thing yeah <laughs> well vicky um our time has come to an, an end my um wonderful person i was gonna say my wonderful friend my wonderful <laughs> person. Um, but um look i i would just like your audience to or our audience to um find you easily so how can they find you and your business and uh, and maybe book some stuff for next year yeah, sure. Uh, well, our website is spacefinder.com.au. Um, and yeah, feel free to jump over there and contact us. And yeah, we're all lovely people. Happy to chat to anyone. Happy to offer any space advice. Um, and yeah, if they need our services, we would love to help. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Vicky. And I look forward to seeing you hopefully before next year. I agree. In fact, I agree. We'll, In we'll probably need to talk, to be honest. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for your time. All right. All the best. Bye. Thanks. Bye.